Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Invested from Gerber Kawasaki. Today's Tuesday, October 27th, and we are only just a week away from the election. And we're here just to talk about some effects that markets have had with elections, what to expect under a Biden versus Trump administration, and even some tax changes under um under Biden if things do change. And as always, we always need to start off with the disclaimer that we may be talking about uh, investments, we may be talking about companies, we may be talking about tax changes. Um, Do not take anything we say as advice today. Um, Always seek and consult your financial advisor about your specific situation. Um, We're always happy to chat a little bit further. Um, And with that, um, Brett, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so election is is approaching really quickly here, and uh, it's coming up just a few days away. So, so what exactly are we looking at, Ben, when it when it comes to the election and planning around it? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we we know that the markets do not like uncertainty. Um, even looking at the beginning of this year, we went through March, uh, which was I believe the third worst month for the stock market uh, in over seventy years. And COVID wasn't even that bad back in March. Um, it was more of, oh, how bad will COVID get? And guess what? It did get worse. And once the market was certain it was going to get worse, it, it went higher. So um, markets don't like uncertainty. And that's that's kind of the, the worst case we have right now, which is um, the uncertainty of who's going to be elected, if we have a contested election, um, anything like that. And, and when it comes to when it comes to the contested potential contested election, which is what's been talked about more uh, than it typically does, is has been mail-in ballots. Um, they've they've done some surveys, and it's it's been expected that about seventy percent of Democrats expect to do mail-in ballots this year, versus less than forty percent of Republicans. So what that means is there's there's this potential of the Republicans being ahead on election day. And mail-in ballots still being counted and, and validated, uh, kind of post-election day. And so, what what exactly do you mean by validated, though? So, when when you vote in person, you know you walk to the polls. You can go to Staples Center in LA and do that. And they check your ID. You go and your vote. It counts. You're good to go. Um, mail-in ballots are a little bit different. Um, they actually verify your signature is the same as when you registered to vote. And a lot of people's signatures change. Um, you know, I'm getting lazier and lazier as I get older. I used to add a few letters to my name after, you know, it was B-E, scribble, scribble, D-U, scribble, scribble, but now <laughs> it's just scribble, scribble. And, and so they're going to be looking at when you first voted what your signature was and looking like, okay, is the signature the same? And so when we're looking at you know, some states that it was only thousands of difference uh, in votes, it, it's possible that that could be an issue. Totally. I mean, the, the system does seem like a bit archaic. You would think that there's like a way that they could, you know, validate um, your, your vote. It's just easier in this digital age. Um, but, you know, how exactly would you say that the market's going to react to like a contested election or, or, you know, some of these scenarios that are going to play out? Yeah, well, the short term... The short-term worry, which you should never be trading on on short-term worries necessarily, but 
Um, it would be a contested election because what we were saying before, um, if if we get Trump, if we get Biden, that's certain we move on and we go forward from there. But um, we recently had a contested election um, between Gore and Bush, and uh, it lasted for roughly a month. And through that time, the market dropped out 8%. Um, and then once Gore conceded, the market moved higher and we just moved right on. Um, so you, you definitely can't play that game. Uh, but this year, it is definitely possible that we do not have a clear president after election night. Yeah, I mean, one thing is, is certain is that we can really expect volatility, right? And so, you know, I went back and, and looked at a few different scenarios on if, you know, who wins the House, who wins the, the Senate, and, and who wins the presidency, and kind of what would happen in each scenario. And, you know, looking back to at least the 2016 election, as more states, you know, began reporting and, and a Trump victory really became increasingly likely, um, stock market futures sank pretty rapidly. I remember just watching it fall. Um, overnight. And the S&P actually fell more than 5% in pre-market trading, which actually triggered a circuit breaker um, to halt trading. And, you know, by the time the market actually closed the day after the election, the index was up more than 1%. So, you know, trying to guess these things is, is definitely a, a loser's game. Now, since 1993, the highest returning partisan control combination for the S&P 500 has actually been a Democratic Senate a Republican House, and a Democratic president. So, you know, looking at those returns, they averaged about 13.6 per year. Now, in 2020... Since, ni- it, since 1933, not 1993, just, just so oh, we're clear. Yes. There only <laughs> would have been, like, uh, one scenario, if any scenarios. I appreciate you period. catching that. Now, <laughs> uh, the current mix of a Republican Senate, a Democratic House, and a Republican president averages about 10.8% return compared to that 136 return in the last scenario. So this combination is actually very likely if President Trump wins the re-election. Now, here is you know, something I found super interesting. You know, under a Biden victory, the likely scenario is, is actually a Republican Senate, a Democratic House, and of course, a Democratic president being Biden. Now, interestingly, this combination has actually not occurred since the Grover Cleveland in the election of 1886. That's Quite wild. A long time ago. That is that is wild. Um, even I wasn't born then. Um, <laughs> that's that's just nuts. 140 years, and and yeah, I mean, they've they've talked about. You know, typically split Congress has done better for the market, which is, again, contrarian to a lot of views. Um, A lot of if you read a lot of analyst reports um, and, you know, some of the big banks are coming out and they talk about, hey, if if we have a Democratic sweep, you get more stimulus, you get more infrastructure. On the other side, if you have full Republican, you're still getting stimulus and you have lower taxes. And so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. But. At, at the end of the day, you, you don't want to be out of the market or in the market just because one person is in control of the Senate or one party's in control of the Senate, one party's in control of the House. And, um, but what is interesting to note is, is looking at what industries will benefit under each, uh, under each president, under each administration. And, and what's kind of interesting is we've already seen this trade start to happen in the past couple months. Um, as the market in a lot of ways is showing that they think Biden may win 
Um, and basically, you know, I, I know Brett, you, you know, a good amount about renewables in the cannabis industry. So why don't you kind of touch upon that? Sure. So, you know, it's, you know, some people think, think that a Biden, you know, victory is energy is going to you know die out. Um, oil and gas is done, but it's, you know, it's already pretty much dead. And renewables is, is the way to go in our eyes. Um, you know, wind and power is, or wind and sun is now the cheapest option for two thirds of the world. And it's continuing to get cheaper and cheaper. Um, it's interesting that, you know, Biden's gone on record saying that, you know, he would phase out fracking completely, but then during the debates kind of walks back on that. So it's, it's hard to, you know, kind of see his stance specifically on that. Um, you know, a side note is one of our renewables company that's a, a large position for us, NextEra Energy, actually went through a stock split today. So if you guys are seeing that that down, um, it's it's not actually down. It's just a split. You know, we can talk about more about stock splits on another podcast. Um, but what I'm most excited about is is the cannabis industry and what would happen, um, you know, to the industry through this election. You know. Either party, I really do think, will be pro-cannabis, and there's a few reasons for that. Obviously, Biden is a clear win for the industry, but really, all these states need the tax money. I mean, we looked at California, and after just two years of operation, the recreational cannabis dispensaries have generated over $1 billion dollars in tax revenue. So, you know, we already have the recreational use of cannabis legalized in 11 states, places like California, Colorado, Illinois, Michigan, um, and many more. And medical use is actually already legalized with the doctor's recommendation, obviously, in about 33 states. So, you know, I'm really excited to see if we get financial regulation, too. Um, you know, we're able to, to have these companies not deal with uh, so much cash. It's such a burden and, you know, not dealing with state lines and, and the decriminalization of the entire industry. Um, and really, one thing I hope to see is if it does get legalized is the states lowering the taxes on recreational cannabis or else, you know, we're seeing in California here that the black market will just continuing to thrive. And they're not going to be able to capture as many taxes if they were just, you know, going to offer it at a lower rate. So, you know, speaking of taxes, there's, there's probably going to be a lot of changes, especially if, if Biden wins. Uh, what do you think about that, Ben? Yeah, well, on let's kind of talk on, on what happened on, on the Trump side and, and, you know, maybe what, what a Trump victory looks like and then into taxes. So, um, what you have just in general is this quote unquote focus on business and, and deregulation, all that stuff. And so, um, where cannabis renewables, maybe get under Biden, um, you probably have good amount of deregulation from financials, which still can't make any money because interest rates are so low. Um, we saw in the debate, and this has been continually talked about this movement away from uh, oil and gas. Um, have you seen as you've seen some of the energy companies down? I mean, still 40, 50 percent plus. Um, and then on top of that, you know, aerospace and defense hasn't performed very well. Um, but typically you see that under um, Republican presidents, more spending there. Um, basically, no one wants to fight a war during a pandemic. <laughs> um, so so not much going on there. But but, you know, when, when Trump got elected, he did pass a pretty major, um, passed some major tax changes, which lowered taxes on all, for a lot of people. And, and Biden um, does have coming in a lot of changes for the tax code. And 
Um, there's two big initiatives and this is not necessarily meaning it's going to pass or anything like that, but I think there's, there's two initiatives that are worth bringing up. And number one is long-term capital gains. So, um, when we're managing investments here, we're thinking about taxes. Okay. You can't, you can't just think about managing a portfolio without taxes. And there's stuff that you can do that can allow your money to grow tax-free. There's things that you can invest in that give you interest that's tax-free, but one of the most common um, things that people know is long-term capital gains, which is basically if you buy a stock and you hold it for a year, you get favorable tax treatment. Okay, I know the Robinhood day traders don't know what it means to hold a <laughs> stock for a year. Um, I, uh, you know, it's it's not a month. A month isn't long term. Um, end of the day isn't long term. Um, but you get favorable tax treatment. The majority of America get pays only ten to fifteen percent in federal uh, federal income taxes uh, for the long term capital gains rate. So for for gains, um, Biden is talking about raising that um, for people that make over four hundred thousand to just ordinary income tax brackets. So um, that makes makes a substantial difference um, in it's possible could cause some selling before the end of the year just because people want to realize their gains at the end of the year with that potential tax issue upcoming. Do you think that that's necessarily like fair, um, be that people pay a lower rate on capital gains tax than they typically do on ordinary income from the money that they're making? Oh, Brett, you, you must have been hearing my rant about this previously. Um, <laughs> people People have different opinions on this, and and although I've been investing in stocks like Brett has since we were 14, 15 years old, um, I don't know if it's if it's fair that um, people work jobs and people have to pay more in income taxes for for working a normal job versus when you sell something that appreciates, you uh, you pay less in taxes. So I, I think this is an easy one, easy one to jump on and uh in tax and i don't know if there's gonna be that much pushback on it but but we'll see we've seen a lot of assets appreciate uh people are complaining about the rich getting richer because they continue to own such a large portion of the assets in the stock market Um, another thing on the docket is social security so we're gonna have to do a whole thing uh, just talking about social security and People have talked about, oh, Social Security's dead. We're not going to get it. Uh, definitely don't like to plan on it for younger clients. But right now, once you make about over 130000 uh, you don't pay Social Security taxes. And now they're talking about tacking that back on to people that make over $400,000 in income. And again, uh, could be something that's pretty pretty easy to jump on. But all of a sudden, you put it all together, you're taxing um, – the top income bracket's a decent amount and and we're curious to see like does that actually mean people move out of states like California whose marginal bracket can be up to like 60% basically in that scenario it's uh it's a good question and there's there's a lot more that goes with this uh it also depends what it looks like even if we get a Biden win if we have a democratic sweep so there's there's a lot of changes and and there's a lot of in- uncertainty and uh, even right now with like stimulus not getting passed as of today, 
um, looking like it's not going to happen before the election, we're starting to see some volatility in the market. And going back to what we said at the beginning, the market hates uncertainty. Right, Brett? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's one one point I want to make on the Social Security side, too, is like it's hard to talk about topics like that because in one sense, it's something that needs to be fixed. But yet it's so far away that no president right now wants to deal with it and take something away because that could affect, you know, their votes in a sense. Um, so I've always thought well, that those are those are the people. Yeah, those are the people that vote, too. Right. So we're seeing this you know, movement of young people voting. I mean, we're going to see if it happens, but people that are on social security, guess what? They vote. Um, and so that's why oftentimes politicians don't even touch social security, um, because they want to win the election. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. And so, um, yeah, we'll have to, you know, dive into that, um, much deeper because it's, there's so much that goes into social security. Um, but you know, be sure to check out our next podcast. We're you know doing these weekly. Um, we're also doing a big earnings show this Thursday, the 29th, where we're going to be uh, covering a lot of the companies that we own. Um, it's it's going to be great uh, live on our Twitter and on our YouTube. Make sure that you guys follow Ben um, and myself on Twitter um, at Bsiffling Trades or at Ben Dunbar GK. Um, we're also on Instagram as well. Um, feel free to email us if you guys have specific questions about the podcast. I'm Brett at Gerber Kawasaki, Ben at GerberKawasaki.com as well. Um, we're always happy to chat, you know, give um, some advice. If you guys do have some questions about your specific situation, please do reach out. And we're always happy to, to uh, point you guys in the right direction. So uh, thanks for tuning in to another Get Invested podcast. And we'll talk to you guys soon.